Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic, your grant writing and funding, and welcome to another week of the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast Show, where every single week I help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance the mission of your nonprofit or your freelance grant writing business. All right, so we are definitely going to get into it today with Yvonne White Moray of Grant Stream Consulting, and she is amazing. What she's going to talk about today is something a lot of us don't like to talk about. And she's going to share some pragmatic tips and takeaways for you to implement in your grant writing. And that is rejection. Yes, you heard it here. If you are a grant writer and you're submitting grants, you have probably gotten rejected at least once, more than once if you're writing many grants. It's just a part of what goes into it um, are getting rejections. And here's the thing, is rejection always bad? Is it always personal? Is it always because, oh, you're a bad grant writer? No, a lot of times there are so many reasons to get rejected when writing grants. Sometimes funding sources will say no to you at least three times just because they want to see if you've got staying power and you're going to stick around. And that's a part of their strategy. So sometimes a no is actually on your way to a yes. But if we go get a no and say, oh, forget them, blah, 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 right? That's when we start to take it personally. And really, it might not be at all. And then that actually leads to less funding and less confidence in writing grants. So Yvonne, she definitely gives you some good takeaways on how to understand rejection, how to mitigate it, and how to utilize it. So you are going to have a lot to take away from today. So stay tuned, all you grant writers out there. Even if you have a freelance grant writing business, you're writing grants. This is important for you to also implement these tips And you also need to educate your nonprofit clients about rejection because a lot of times when they hire you, they want to see all the grants won. Well, here's the thing. Your deliverables aren't necessarily the grant secured. It's the grants submitted. And we need to educate them on why rejections happen, why it's normal. So we're definitely normalizing it today in this conversation and how you can communicate that to those clients. So this is really good for y'all to listen to. Yvonne is actually a part of our grant professional mentorship as well. So this is also another mentorship highlight. We're gonna be talking about the program a bit. So if you have a freelance grant writing business or grant writing agency, and you've had it for a while, you have some income, you have some clients, but you're really looking to grow it. You may be looking to hire some people. You may be looking to create some uh, online products and that sort of thing and grow your business. You definitely want to hear what Yvonne has to say today about her experience in the mentorship program. And that program is opening on September 19th and it closes October 1st. And we have a three-hour kickoff strategy reset business on October 3rd. All the new people entering into that program. And that is going to be exciting. But if you want to grab more information and resources about the mentorship, we do have a free masterclass on September 19th at 3 p.m., the must-have system to double peace and profit in your growing grant writing business. You can definitely jump over to the show notes today, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 289 to go ahead and register for that free masterclass that's happening very soon. 
Um, so you can get in on that. And also you can get more information about the mentorship as we will be opening. We only open a couple of times a year. So this is your opportunity to get in if you've been on the wait list as well. You can also jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com and please join our email list where we send out our podcast episodes every single week in the Hub Haven, which is our stress-free grant writing nuggets email that we send out every single week with our podcast, any upcoming events we have going on, as well as a special stress-free nugget from myself to you. So please jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com to join our Hub Haven, which is our weekly email newsletter. So back to Yvonne, she has a diverse career in the nonprofit and government sector spanning several decades. Her current role as a grant professional is what she considers an encore career. Yvonne's passion for research and her love for people led her to the world of grant writing where she found a deep connection with various organizations working towards environmental justice. She has a lot of experience to bring to the table and you're gonna learn a lot from her during this conversation today. So if you're looking also to hire a grant writer for your nonprofit, please do check out our show notes today so you can reach out to Yvonne at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 289. All right, here's Yvonne. Welcome to the podcast, Yvonne. I am so happy to be here with you, Holly. Thank you for having me. Yes, and I should say welcome back because you were on a podcast a few months ago, and that was with the GEMS panel. So the Grant Easy Management Software panel. Absolutely love that. Having you on to hear about your perspective. So we'll definitely have a link back to that podcast because that was so good, especially if you guys are looking at grant management. You can hear all about it there. So thanks for coming and taking your time and coming back on the podcast so we can dig more into what you do specifically and hear about that today. Happy to be here. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so Yvonne, you're also part of the mentorship and we've been talking a lot about the mentorship on the podcast lately because we're opening the doors again. So I'd love to get your perspective and we'll talk about the grant professional mentorship and how it's impacted your grant writing business. But before we get there, I really want to go into you and to your specialty and you're going to give some people some amazing tips today. So for those of you grant writers out there and people that are thinking about starting a freelance grant writing business or growing your business, you're going to want to hang out because Yvonne's going to give amazing tips on what you're doing in your business and how that can translate to your nonprofit or your business. So uh, before we get there, though, I just want to hear about your story. And I love, especially we've been having a lot of people in the mentorship come on um, the last few episodes. And it's really cool to hear about what got you started into grant writing, because it's always a different story. So can you tell us what your journey has been to getting to where you are today? Absolutely. I think if I start with the beginning, I'd have to say you need to know that I am a lifelong Girl Scout. It shaped my perspective, not only on life, but my appreciation for nonprofit organizations and uh, the way in which they really impact and change people's lives. So uh, so that is kind of my origin. And plus, I love the Girl Scout cookies. What can I say? So and they're awesome. <laughs> and they're entrepreneurs <laughs> as well. <laughs> so if I drew a string from my youngest days to where I am now, grant writing for me and grant being a grant professional is an encore career uh, because I've had many, many decades in the nonprofit area, in government, really across industries. And so when I thought about what I wanted to do in uh, my latter time, as they say, 
I love research. I love people. There are so many great organizations out there. I can't imagine a world without libraries or zoos or, you know, folks in food drives and all of this other stuff. So it really resonated with my heart. And then the area of specialty I work in oftentimes is uh, the environmental justice arena, which is something that is critical and needed. So it helped me focus in and that's where grant writing comes in. I uh, love doing it. It became a, a necessity as I think I mentioned to you before, just prior to COVID in our family, we had a somewhat sad situation where my husband was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, we were thinking about what would happen after that. Then COVID hit and both allowed me to move from doing the pro bono freelance type of work I was doing into something uh, more sustaining and more regular, but be at home with him during that letter time. And um, after 38 years of, of marriage, he passed about a year ago. And uh, I was able to continue with the focus on helping others primarily because I knew it was something that he supported and that I, as I said, it, I, I feel it's something I need to do in my heart. That's really how I got here. I meet very few people who say that they uh, knew from birth that they wanted to be a grant professional. And I can't say that either, but I uh, have the best job in the world, work with the best people in the world. Um, my clients are terrific and uh, meet wonderful people like you and everyone else that's in the mentorship. So I'm glad I'm here. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so sorry about your loss and really pleased though that you're able to carry on his legacy as well with the work that you do. And then you found that place that you love and the clients that you love. And, you know, so it being able to do that too and spend that time with him right before he passed. So that put you in a position to do that. So that's really powerful. So thank you for sharing that. And like you mentioned, yeah, no one starts from like as a grant writer from childhood, but I love that you started as a Girl Scout. Like that's been like the, like the most direct path I've heard so far. Like, yep. Yeah. So, and, and environmental justice, very much needed. And, you know, it's interesting, the more and more um, people in the mentorship I, I speak to and we talk about these things, there's a lot actually in the mentorship that have a position in some sort of way that uh, surrounds the climate, environmental justice, uh, all of that agriculture. So it's interesting to see that that trend um, within the mentorship, a lot of folks, not everyone, but a lot of folks do have a heart there. So I think that's very, very interesting. Now I was going to say Gaylord Nelson, who is the uh, kind of uh, originator of Earth Day, mm -hmm. uh, had a quote that said that the environment is the, uh, let's see if I'm doing this right, that the economy is, is a subsidiary of the environment. In other mm -hmm. words, there's nothing that we can do that doesn't, it is infected by the environment. So my, no matter what industry or profession or whatever, somehow uh, there is a connection. And so we, you know, have this responsibility to make sure that we can help uh, sustain the environment as much as possible. So no, I love that. I love that so much because yeah, it's, that is true. Like that might be why we're seeing this trend because it is related and it's so, it is related in almost every field or every field basically, right? Like that mm -hmm. is where we're getting our resources. So it makes sense. Um, absolutely. So as, as you've gone into, you like you said, you spent a lot of time in your life working with nonprofits, obviously, since you're a little girl, um, doing the, <laughs> the Girl Scouts, but um, even as a profession, right, you've spent a lot of time and you've really also positioned yourself writing a lot of government grants, 
but also doing um, something very, very cool that I love that you're implementing in your business. And two of those things are actually are, one is grant renewals that you're talking about is like, that is a service that you provide is doing a grant and kind of revamp, renewal, looking at grants uh, organizations have already written and really pulling some great resources from there. Can you talk about that, that service a little bit more and some tips on what people can take away and why that's so important? Well, certainly. I think everyone who crafts a proposal uh, kind of feels like they've brought in new life into the world. It's their their baby or whatever. And when mm -hmm. you submit it and it's not uh, uh, accepted, um, there's this you know tendency almost to to mourn. And then um, what we don't want people to do is throw the baby out with the bathwater. So it may be that it's a great proposal, but it was submitted to a funder that really didn't fit. It didn't align well with that funder. So uh, that goes back to the basic uh, grant strategy and grant research and pr preparation of saying, okay, are the values aligned? You know, did, you know. So let's take a look at kind of do a, a a grant forensics, if you will, on on the proposal itself. Let's see where it's strong. Let's see where it's weak. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people take the no and keep going, but you know, one helpful tip is to uh, stop, take a look at it, and then if you didn't get reviewer comments or the uh, foundation didn't respond with why it was proposed, uh, why the proposal wasn't accepted, mm -hmm. uh, maybe there's a chance to build some relationship there. If yeah. you feel that it was really well designed, you know, to go back and say, okay, can you tell me how this could be a better proposal? Mm -hmm. uh, if it was an issue, often you'll get a letter that said, you know, we got a really, uh, we got a large amount of really great proposals, but we couldn't fund everyone. And, yeah. uh, you know, good luck. Maybe it's going back to say, okay, this didn't fit for you. Do you know other funders who might be interested in there? And could you make a, a recommendation for it if you think it was a strong proposal? Because mm -hmm. uh, funders talk to each other. So, you know, there might be a recommendation that they can make, or there might be uh, a way of opening it up. So uh, the, the point is that just because it didn't uh, get funded, doesn't mean that it one can't be funded somewhere else if it's a solid program. Uh, it can be rewritten and reworked so that it does meet the needs of the organization and a particular funder. And um, those things, those are things, even if it's rejected, how we handle that rejection mm. is as important as what was written as well. Uh, mm. I have heard funders yeah. say that you can tell a lot about an organization by how it receives that negative feedback or that no. And so see it as an opportunity. Like they say in sales, the sales starts when, you know, when the no comes, uh, see it as an opportunity to build relationships and demonstrate the uh, integrity of the organization. And um, it may be in, you know, another couple of years or so that people, you know, the foundation or whoever it's submitted to will come around. Uh, and mm -hmm. I'm for that, I'm speaking mostly of foundation grants, but even yeah. with government grants, you know, there's at least the opportunity to get the feedback of the reviewer because they have yes. a, a, a rubric or a criteria that they are using. Mm -hmm. so. I love that. And, and I just like, want to hang out in that, that what you said, I thought it was so good about the reaction of mm -hmm. the nonprofit when they get, you know, they don't get it awarded. 
And just to hang out there for a second, because I have seen this so many times, I've experienced it as well. A lot of shame around not getting a proposal awarded. And this really trickles into the grant writer. A lot of grant writers I see, it really destroys their confidence as a writer sometimes. And it destroys, you know, just like they feel a lot of shame. They might not even want to look at the grant because they're like, if it didn't get awarded, it must have been awful. I don't even want to look at it, you know. Um, and 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 that sort of thing, like. I've seen that so much. And then even as freelance grant writers, right, you're you're charging for a service. So I, lot, I see, I hear a lot of people come back and they say, how do I deal with this? It didn't get awarded. Is that my worth? Should I not charge for that grant now, et cetera? Because there's so much like shame and insecurity around a result that we have no control over. So can you kind of, right. can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I, uh, it's what um, uh, Marin Bowes calls the little black box you know, she's been a funder, that there are so many decisions mm -hmm. that are taking place that we just don't see behind the, the curtain or in the box, you know, that it, it the foundation could decide it wants to change its uh, giving priorities or they're trying to get geographic uh, parity. So, um, you know, you can be a high scoring application and still not win the award depending yeah. on you know what parameters they are working with some they may tell you some they may not uh yeah. so it's not personal <laughs> i think yes. you know that's the first thing that's just it we feel like it's our baby but yeah. everybody that submitted has you know felt that way and there are what a hundred no 1.5 million uh nonprofits and mm -hmm. uh you know it's there's just so many people that it the odds are that you will probably receive a no, but the, the point is that a no does not mean that was a poor proposal or you're yeah. an unworthy person or you're working with an uh, unworthy group or anything like that. It just means, okay, this didn't match this time. Let's take it, a look at it and mm -hmm. then see how we can learn from this yeah. uh, and, and move forward. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that answers what you asked. Oh, about, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there's so many variables. And even if you get a low score, now here's the other thing. If you get a low score and you get a lot of, um, you know, critique on that, or if you don't, that's even harder, I think, right? But if, if you get a low score, I've seen proposals that I've written go through a new process, a new uh, computerized process on weighting, you know, the weight, how they weight the different levels. And it received an, a terrible score and a lot of the applications that year did because they used new tech to do a screening process. So it was really interesting. And then the next year I submitted it, it got awarded, right? Did I change that much? Not really. I did take the did take the critique, but a lot of it was like there wasn't a lot of bad critique. It was just a new system they were using and it just scored, it was skewed, right? So I think even if you get, and sometimes you do just do a really poor job. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and sometimes it's not your fault because a nonprofit may ask you to do a turnaround in a week or something because they saw something, they want you to write it, you're pulling all-nighters, you haven't had the time to prepare. So you, they just want to get it in so they can get a feel of, they know it's probably not going to get awarded, but get a feel of what it, that funder is looking for. So there's a lot of different reasons. There's a lot. And I love that you highlighted some of those um, as well. And yeah. to not, I like what you said about don't take it 
personally. Like we tend to do that because like you said, it does become like a little baby. Um, <laughs> but, and it is, you are creating something, but don't, like you said, throw away your baby with the bathwater kind of thing. Like yeah, right, I right. love that service you're doing because once again, a lot of people, they don't get a grant awarded. They either have shame and denial and they don't want to look at that grant anymore. They think it's terrible. Um, and instead of what you're doing is let's analyze it. Let's be smart about this. Let's build relationships. Let's see what worked, what didn't work. If you have critique and, and you know comments and stuff, that's great. But like you said, a lot of times with foundations, especially they don't give you that. Um, and they even say, we won't give it to you because they just have too many people submitting and they don't have the, the woman power to do that, right? <laughs> to look at it, to give it back to you. So, so two, two things along that line. Uh, one is um, actually the newer uh, invention with everyone uh, uh, talking about artificial intelligence and large language models. Uh, that's a two-sided coin uh, as much as there might be things that uh, make it convenient if it's used ethically. That means that more proposals are being generated. That means that those foundations that are already stretched with staff uh, are going to be receiving more proposals. And then on the other side, it may mean that organizations or foundations are using AI to vet yep. the applications that they're, they're going in. And so, you know, that's an, an entirely different uh, type of uh, discussion to have, but some organizations have a policy where they want to test the tenacity or the resilience, if you will, of an organization. So, you know, they don't grant funding on the first go round. They want to see if you're going to come back, if, you know, if you're intentional about developing a relationship and, and so you may end up having to submit to them two or three times before yep. they finally say yay. So uh, and whether or not that is, should be is another discussion, but it's yeah. something to keep in mind that a, a node does not necessarily mean that the organization that submitted that application or the grant writer who wrote that um, proposal uh, did not do it a great job. It just means that whatever decision making process they have behind the scenes um, did not work out this right. time, but it could next time. Yeah. And let's, let's take a good look at it and see how we can breathe life back into it. So, yeah. And I love that you, you pointed that out because that's always been my thing too, is like on average, especially a foundation and federal to some point, they have a little bit more objective review process than a foundation can have a little bit more subjective review. Right. Um, but they, you know, on foundations on average, expect up to three no's before you get a yes. And that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you'll get a yes right out of the gate just because it's such a good match and it hits their priorities and all of that. But on average, have you experienced that as well? It's like two to three no's before you get a yes, because what you said, they get so many nonprofits coming to you. And especially if you're a baby or a startup nonprofit, they want to see that you're going to stick around because nonprofits dissolve quickly, right? Especially in the beginning. So we want to make sure that you're going to stick around and that you're, you're going to be here for a while. And that relationship building is so important. I mean, yeah. there are some proposals that probably are accepted that weren't all that great, but because there have been you know, periods of building relationships and multiple touch points, uh, you know, there's, it's viewed in a different way. Uh, so yeah. always attend the uh, information sessions if they are offered. Mm -hmm. um, 
do due diligence and read whatever is in the RFA or, or NOFO and then ask uh, reasonable questions about it that you didn't find on their website or you didn't you know, find information. And so when they get all of those resumes, they'll remember, oh yes, Holly, yes, I can put a, a name and a face together with this organization. And so there's some familiarity as well. So. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. I love that so much. And even what you talked about, like how people respond, maybe it's not in shame, maybe it's not in whatever, you know what I mean? You have something, but I've also seen anger. Have you also seen mm -hmm. nonprofits responding in anger? Why didn't they fund me? They don't believe in my program. They should believe in my program. They should want to fund my program. I've seen some of that too. <laughs> so. What I've seen more of is, um, taking it out on the competition, you know, mm -hmm. when there are two organizations in, in relatively close proximity doing the same thing and one gets funded and one doesn't rather than cheering that colleague on. Yeah, that's great. Funding came into our areas. People that we both serve are, are yeah. you know, benefiting. It's kind of like, well, why did they get served? And, uh, you know, why did they get it? And we did <laughs> that kind of thing. And oh, um, yeah. that's, I think that is a, a is a, a what a false dichotomy that um, as much as we talk about competition in the the sphere, I think that everybody wants the to serve folks and to and to have those needs being met or have that community improved or you know whatever that environmental impact is being achieved, and so. If someone in that space that you are sharing or writing about is able to um, to advance, then that should be, you know, cheer them on. Yeah, you know, because mm -hmm. they're going to be more, you know, they're going to be more. And and every time you win one or we win one, then that mm -hmm. means somebody else did. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I love that spirit of collaboration. And even thinking like, okay, why don't we go talk to them and see how we can work together? Um, you know, sometimes I see that happening and instead of competing, all of a sudden they're collaborating and one nonprofit might be a sub-grantee under the other one and be able to carry out some of that work because they do serve a crossover population or, or cause area. So that's, that's a really good way to go into that. And yeah, very interesting because you're right. Sometimes it's not anger. It's just getting mad at the competition. Oh, that they got it again. What about <laughs> us? Right. So it's like, talk to them, figure out how are they writing grants? How are they building relationships? Get some tips too. Because like you said, well, and that's one of the things over. we tell them, right? That's yeah. one of the things we say is, you know, go look at the 990 or, you know, go do your research and figure out who's in your sphere and who's getting funded by whom, and then figure out if that is a strategy that, you know, that works for you. Because chances are, if if the funder is really committed to this mm -hmm. topic or this issue, uh, you know, and you are bringing something solid, you know, you can get in that queue. You know, it, yeah. it, may, it may be something, as we say, that could take a while, but uh, that's, you know, part of doing the, the good research. Yeah. And yeah. Partnerships, you know, yeah. more and more, both government and uh, foundations are asking for partnerships. So that's a, a a quick way to build capacity. You know, as you say, one organization has a strength in one area, another has a strength in another, and they they bring, join together, join forces, collaborate, decide who's going to be the lead, or um, you know, go in as as you know part of a a, a team 
And uh, yeah, that's more of that needs to be done. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And it's so important, yeah, to work together, to look at those things and to really understand like what you're doing too. I love what you're doing because so many people don't look at grants that they've written that haven't gotten submitted. They kind of glance at it. Maybe they'll take a little bit, but deep diving into that, you're also combining some grant research with it, as you mentioned. So you're doing this grant revamp slash review slash research then as well, and going really deep and being really intentional overall about the relationship. Like that's the baseline there. So many nonprofits don't do that. They just submit grants once a year when cycles are open and then they never, you know, they, oh, we didn't get funded. And they don't continue then to maybe submit because they're like, oh, that funder won't fund us. And the thing is, is yeah, maybe it will take some time. But if you don't start today, the process is just always going to be long. <laughs> so you got to start somewhere. And I love that you're offering that as a specific service as well. So that's really very unique, but it's going to get, I really believe that's going to be a huge success in increasing success rates with submitting grants. So um, thank you for offering that service. Um, and the other thing you look at too is grant some grant strategy around that. So that's really involved as well. So when you're working with different organizations, um, you know, how, what else do you do with the strategy component besides what we talked about with the grant renewal kind of revamp? So it depends a lot on uh, whether the organization, or in some case, I'm working with small businesses, but we'll talk about that later. Um, if if they are uh, where they are in in their maturity, yeah. not necessarily the budget level, but as an organization, are you uh, really uh, a newer organization, and maybe you need, as I said, to have, be a part of a partnership or have a fiscal sponsor? Are you uh, a more mature organization, so you you know you have some capacity. Um, so if funding, if grant seeking grants are going to be a major revenue stream for your organization, then how, you know, how to build out that strategy, you know, uh, I think we get this sense that grants are just like raining down from heaven and you just put your bucket out and the water will come in and then, you know, you take it and you, there's really no need to kind of plan, but we know that just like having a baby grants could take, you know, nine months or so. So if you're running a program or you're doing something uh, to, to build a strategy that allows for there to be sustainability in the funding, uh, leveraging grants you have received to uh, demonstrate uh, your stability and to seek out other funding. Maybe it grants is a portion of, probably should be, a portion of the, the other type of funding streams that you have. So is there any attention to uh, things outside of seeking grants that are helping to sustain the organization, make it strong? Are you um, having individual donors or planning special events or those type of things? So now we don't plan events, but we can help you look at uh, right you know, what your strategy is, and then to work through some of the questions of where are the strengths, where are the gaps, uh, and how can grants fit into this strategy? Um, and, you know, are, are the grants going to be one-year grants? Uh, are they going to be multi-year grants? And, you know, how's our stability as far as staff and turnover? If we put this grant out, you know, that may take six to nine months to come back. And we base it on having these three key people. And then, you know, 
six months later, somebody's, you know, decided they want to climb the Himalayas or, you know, they want to go somewhere else. Now there's the staffing problem and and all of that, you know, time that needs to go into finding a new person and and running the program. Uh, Can it be run? So that's part of what grant strategy is. It's taking a look at the overall funding picture, how grants fit into that, and then how to gauge uh, capacity and how and when grants need to hit in order, you know, building out that grant calendar so that there is some some stability in it. I love that so much. And that is so important because, you know, when you really look at a nonprofit organization, if they're getting the right types of grants, really the number of grants, it's not like they need a hundred grants. And even if they had a hundred grants, that would be like a you know, administrative issue, unless they're like this huge organization, right? So it's like, <laughs> and even then you'd have like a whole admin, admin team. Yes, so it's looking you, at you like, know. yeah, preparing for the baby and then <laughs> raising the baby. <laughs> You're not just going to have the baby. You got to raise that baby. <laughs> that baby don't move out till they're 18. <laughs> and some not then. <laughs> yeah, some not then. I'll always have a door open for my daughter. <laughs> and then girl, <laughs> This year, room, she's like, I'm 32. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, so I love that whole process because it really does set you up to say, it's not just about, oh, we need money, we need money, we need money, but like, how do we position this really as, as a business as well? And you did mention you're also working with for profit organizations. So, that's a good way to kind of segue into this. Um, what you've gotten out of the mentorship site, definitely want people to know like the results of people in the program and what they've um, really succeeded in as far as their business. So I love that you came into the program less than a year ago. And in the green room, you said, I've already tripled my client base. And I love that so much. And, And I love that you said, you're working with people you love. So you've also tripled your client base with ideal nonprofit clients. So can you kind of tell us like, how you got there, because that's pretty amazing, especially in less than less, it's like half a year. <laughs> so amazing. So I would say it's a combination of things. One, I, I think I mentioned to you before, the I, I came in knowing that this was something I was I could do. So it wasn't as much of wanting to to learn how to write grants as to figure mm-hmm. out how to make this a stable business. Right. And uh, the one-on-ones we had where we sat down and talked about, okay, you know, what is the service? How are we going to price it? You know, all of those things gave me a, 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 a window into who some of the potential clients could be. And actually the, uh, the small business clients that I've picked up were referred. Um, so that was good. And then, um, the, to know that a lot of what they needed was also what nonprofits needed. And so it was easy to see the synergies there and, the, and you know, things that were uh, really the same. It was just that there are some, obviously, that you're not eligible for, but that's true of even organizations. So, um, yeah. you know, in, in that sense, I think being in the mentorship gave me the confidence that I could reach out to uh areas outside of my comfort zone and still be able to 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 bring in clients. So that was good. And mm-hmm. so I, I would say thank you, Holly. That's that's I love that. <laughs> I love that you like when we looked at and especially we go into our one-on-one strategy, right? And then to be able to say, what is your real intention behind this? What is your why? You know, and then let's figure out 
what the nonprofit client is and, you know, what are your needs as well? So looking at those ways to say, we need you to feel happy and joy and to really go hundred percent. So I love that you got that out of it um, to say, oh my gosh, wow, I can actually have a new clientele here as well that actually does fit those things. So that's fantastic. And, and there are for-profit businesses and social enterprises uh, that that are in the service of others as well. So okay. um, yeah, yeah. So it's just more of a business structure or financial structures that are different. And uh, and there are opportunities they have that uh, nonprofits won't. So it kind of balances out. Mm-hmm. And I even love that we workshopped your that your uh, business name. And I love the way that you came up with that. So you had different ways and it's Grant Stream Consulting, right? So mm-hmm. looking at that, and I love that you said, because stream, like there's a flow and then you're also like, you have a river near you and you're <laughs> passionate about the environment. And there was like the currency is a flow and all of that. So I love how you brought all of that together by looking at you again, instead of going, what do people need? A lot of people start businesses or they think they can capitalize um, and they can to some extent, right? On what people need. But when it came from what do you want to deliver, then it's more sustainable. So can you kind of talk about that? Because I think that was so cool. (laughs) Well, so the process, uh, I had a whole list of different names and uh, that was posted. Thank you for helping to do that. And uh, the collegiality in the mentorship is just fantastic. So people kind of responded, you know, things that were stronger, things that, you know, they did or didn't like or whatever. And um, I took that into consideration, but ultimately I knew I wanted something that I thought would be enduring and lasting. Uh, mm-hmm. And we are in the season where it seems like, uh, you know, grants are, streaming in from all over the place <laughs> in, in the in the government uh, arena anyway uh so you know that was a a strong visual for me but yeah it's this sense of it's part of the revenue stream it's part of the flow and and streams have this nice uh pattern and movement they you know they're not stagnant they're and and most of the time they're not overwhelming i don't do any uh, rafting or anything like that so I don't know but those are, are more reverence but streams nice flow uh, nice process and uh, and the consulting because uh, it's not just writing um, you know there's a thought process that goes with it yeah. um, I know that uh, for many people grant writing becomes what's thrown at you uh, I have a friend that talks about voluntold uh, yeah. so uh, and and yet in order for organizations to do what their mission uh, is calling them to do, sometimes they need to outsource that and have, you know, people help support it. So, um, you know, that's what we want to be. I love that. And I love that even the name of your organization and how you approach it with the energy and the services that you've now tied into doing that. We're going to review things. And, you know, it's really based on getting away from that. Oh, yeah, to throw grants at me and in, in that kind of like very stress zone, right? Because even <laughs> in what you write in your bio, it's about a stress free work environment. And I love that. So I think grant that's stream, so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grant stream consulting, where we bridge the gap between mission and impact mm-hmm. through stress free grant seeking and management mm-hmm. so that people who help people can afford to do good. So. I love it. 
I love that so much. I love, and I love how you've been able to really get clear on that um, through the program and being able to branch out to a new industry that now you're like, Hey, this actually works for me. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. yes. So any other takeaways that you've really had or impacts on your business from the mentorship program? So the mentorship has been phenomenal. And if anybody's thinking about it, do it. I'm just going to say, and Holly doesn't pay me. So that's my free advice. But um, I love book club because we read two books a quarter. And um, I found most of the books to be not only interesting, but actionable. So the concrete things to take away and implement. Uh, and so that in and of itself, because it holds us accountable for doing the reading and just doesn't keep piling up on the nightstand or wherever on the Kindle, wherever people keep their books now. So that's been great. The collegiality, if I didn't say it before, is uh, phenomenal. Uh, I love the Slack channel because you know we can get in and ask questions. I, the shameless ask um, when people uh, have things that they want to promote or they want to get feedback on, um, all of that. Uh, is uh it just is so wonderful for two reasons one uh we're building each other's knowledge you know mm -hmm. so people who who have ideas or thoughts or questions there's some place to go with that you uh often as uh entrepreneurs or or even starting out you feel like you're the only one and so mm -hmm. to have a community uh that understands what you're going through you know you, you know you say I'm a grant writer, I'm a grant professional, and people like nod their head, but you know that they don't really realize the depths of things that go into doing that and performing those services. So to have a, a, a cadre or a group of people who understand that is wonderful. And um, the resources are phenomenal. Um, there's always a template or a, 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 you know a handout or something. So we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not spending all of our time working on our business, although that's a part of it. Uh, mm -hmm. But we do have things that help us in the business so that we can use it with the clients that we're serving. And uh, I have no idea where where we would get that or just the amount of time it would take to unearth it and research it and find it and use it and know it has validity because someone has used it before and it works well. You know, that's, you know, that's just priceless so there are other things but y'all have to join the the mentorship to find out <laughs> that's right you can hang out with Yelena Yvonne and hear all of her great value too that you um you know because it's about the value that all of the people in there bring as well so I love that when someone's sharing something how do I do this and someone else is like hey I've done that this is what I did this is what I did you know and it didn't work and this is what I did and it had great results um or you know just like oh maybe this could be a thing so I love the feedback and the and how you guys work together in there as well. So that's been really, really cool to see. And um, and I love seeing you all the time in the chat in the Slack because that's in between our Zoom meetings, right? You can get your questions answered because there's always something like, oh my gosh, this came up while I'm working on this little, you know, on this thing, right? Or whatever. I just had a question about that, or how do I do this? Or so really simple things like how do I get paid? And you know, <laughs> what you know, how to, you know, write this contract and make sure that, you know. Uh, people adhere to it or how do you onboard your your clients or you know uh 
just just the questions when so much of the time is spent on the technical in most places uh right. you know this is the practical how you know what does it take to do this and you know get people's ideas on what they're doing you know what what software are you using what accounting system are you using all of these different things so yeah I love and it. how to I get on it. linkedin yes and you got <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> how to get on linkedin i wasn't on linkedin before holly so yeah, <laughs> and now you are. So <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. So if, and that's the thing. If you guys are looking for Yvonne, you really want to see her. She's definitely on LinkedIn. <laughs> so you can find her there now. So I love that. And now you're like, you did it. You're, you're like, oh, there. Yeah. I didn't be able to get some really interesting contacts and, and conversations through that. But just mm -hmm. for me going, hey, get on LinkedIn. <laughs> so, <laughs> So this is great. So thank you so much for um, what you've what you've shared today. So helpful, so useful. So many people are going to get so much out of this. And um, also, uh, people can definitely find you, uh, you know, on LinkedIn. They can find you on the Hire a Grant Writer page on our website. Um, uh, they're looking to do some of those grant reviews, and they want some of that done, or they want to uh, book a call with you. So um, congratulations, Yvonne, you know, tripling your business in less than six months. And then also doing it with clients that are a new clientele, like that's huge. Like you've tapped into a new market and have been able to do that in such a short period of time with clients that you love and that align with your values and get your name developed and all the things. <laughs> so you're rocking and rolling, uh, such, such, such a star. So uh, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Before we sign off, is there anything else that you wanted to add? And also where can people find you? First of all, thank you. Uh, glad to be here, as I said. People don't forget about grant management. That's the other side of getting all these grants. They gotta be managed. So it's contact me if you want more information. Yeah, that's yeah. gotta got to help the baby grow. And um, so I can be reached at uh, LinkedIn, as you said, White Mori, or you could reach me at Yvonne at grantstream.consulting. Nice. And I'll have all of those links in the show notes. So you guys definitely check those out uh, where you can find Yvonne. She's, yeah, just doing such good work. So thank you again for coming on. I'll see you in the mentorship and our call. We have a call soon and I'll see you at the nonprofit consulting conference. So thanks again for coming. Looking forward to it. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. And you got to hear from Yvonne white Moray today of Grant Stream Consulting. She has amazing things in store for you today. I'm so appreciative of everything that she shared today about her business, about some key takeaways for grant rejections, and about her experience in the grant professional mentorship. For all of today's show notes, please jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 289. And please make sure you join our email list, our hub haven, where you can get weekly stress-free grant writing nuggets emailed to you, along with our podcast updates and other events that we have going on. And as a reminder, we do have a masterclass for those of you who already have a grant writing business. Make sure you jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com and you will see a pop-up. You can also just go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 289 and we have the link there as well. And that's happening September 19th. And that masterclass is the must-have system to double peace and profit for your growing grant writing business. You can sign up for free today. And make sure you also jump in on our grant professional mentorship while the doors are open open from September 19th until October 1st. We have our kickoff meeting on October 3rd for a three hour reset call. And that's going to be resetting your business. So you can really see what needs to be streamlined and all the things that need to be done as you're looking at growing and, and scaling your grant writing business. 
as always, if you love this podcast, please do me a favor and leave a review on your podcast player. That helps other people find the podcast as well. All right, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.